ブラバブラ一番くらいの人バブラバブラ花が大きい Mayor, Barbara Streisand is... I noticed! Call the National Guard! Oh, we'll get you, you bitch! And to think I actually watched your HBO special! Kick ass! Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we have ourselves a time. This week or this episode, we are here to review the 12th episode of the first season of South Park. It is the one that has Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> Mega Streisand. I'm Dando. I am Guy. I am Guy. Hello, everybody. Um, South Park, season one, episode 12. The episode title, well, they can't all be winners. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I. <laughs> I just wrote here, it was fine, but the, the, the problem, I realized while I was halfway through watching it, I'm like, why is this not clicking for me like other episodes have in the first season? And I realized it was just too guest star heavy, and the guest stars aren't relevant anymore. Probably not, no. I mean, I, it's hard to tell how um, big the names Leonard Moulton, Barbara Streisand, and Sidney Poitier, and even Robert Smith of the Cure were even back in... When was this, 98? 1998, this aired, yeah. Mm. Still sort of pivotal names. The nanny was always talking about Barbara Streisand. I didn't know who Barbara Streisand was. I just knew that the nanny liked her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, a bit of showbiz legend, like Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Leonard Moulton, of course, is familiar to anyone who's you know, got the, uh, the paperback movie guide, what you had before the internet. Uh, on your bookshelf, uh, he would recommend, you know, three stars from Leonard Moulton. Okay, cool. Um, and, of course- Robert Smith from The Cure is Robert Smith from The Cure. But, yeah, you're right. It did feel a bit guest star or celebrity heavy. For mine, though, this was an, that was an interesting part of the episode because it struck me as one where they were really throwing in a lot of pop culture references and not just, you know, name-checking people, but all the Japanese stuff. I mean, all the... All the references to like Ultraman and you know Mecha Streisand is you know is basically Mecha Godzilla. I mean, there's some deep cuts in there, sort of pop culture wise, and I won't say that was unprecedented because you know Simpsons did it, but、uh, I don't know. It felt interesting to me, but at the same time, it bumps up against a story that's just not got a lot going on. No, it just it, it wasn't bad. I just sort of got to the end and went, oh, well, that kind of happened. Yeah, I didn't laugh at it as much as I've laughed at other episodes.、No. And the whole, the, all the kids' story was, hey, that's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. That's all the kids had to do for the entire episode. Yeah. And look, that's, that happens、yeah. with kids. You know, I was like,、mm, look what I've got. Yeah, but I saw that first. Those kinds of、um, dumbass arguments or、uh, conflicts can, you know, take precedence when you're,、uh, when you're a young person, when you're a little, little fella. Yeah. Or whatever. But it's not really one that you can base a whole episode around. Or if you are, you'd better do it a little bit better than this. Even the Kenny death just felt like a moment where they went, oh shit, we haven't killed Kenny yet. Quick, have Kenny go hit that ball and choke himself to death. I was like, that didn't even like, that had nothing to do with the episode. It was just Kenny notices a tether ball, whatever they're called, hits it,、yeah. chokes himself, and they're like, you killed Kenny. I was like, that, what, we couldn't even have Mecha Streisand. It's like they forgot to kill him and then went back and added that scene. I'm guessing that. You know, with all these ginormous monsters laying waste to South Park, you would expect Kenny to have, ah, squashed to death or, ah, ripped to pieces or something like that. Instead, it's just like a really 
pissy, petty death, yeah. which is... I want to say Mika Streisand ate him, though. <laughs> no, no. It's meant to be kind of the joke. Yeah, I guess so. It's not that great a joke. Nah. But, and what did you think of the ending as well? It just felt very abrupt and, oh, my God, Mega Ike, and then bang, credits. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Nah, I can take or leave that, too. Yeah. And all honesty, yeah, a little disappointing, this, uh, this episode of South Park. Uh, look, some good stuff in it, absolutely. I mean, I got a few good laughs out of it in, in, in some areas, but... Not consistently. No, nah, not really. I didn't mind the um the Godzilla fight scenes. I thought that was a bit of fun, but it just mm. just felt like it was just uh, to me. I watched this going. This kind of feels like Trey Parker and Matt Stone being a little self indulgent. Of look what we can do now. Yeah, it, it was kind of self indulgent, and you I know, sometimes you want that mm. out of it when a when a series is starting to do well or a project is starting to go well, and uh, you know people behind it are like. All right, we, we we might be off the uh, off the chain a little bit here. Let's uh, let's throw some really weird, wacky ideas, stuff that you know kind of was in the back of our head or the back of the folder. It's like they'd never let us do this. Do you reckon they might let us do this? Let's let's give it a whirl. And they do Mecha Strize. What was your favourite moment from Mecha Strize end? Um, I'm, I was a big fan of the Japanese songs. They're like we, the one we started with, Babura, Babura. And if you do your uh, your research on that, you do your Googling or whatnot, yeah, yeah. you find that they actually, it's not just them, I don't want to sound terribly Being racist, racist. Say, yeah. it's not just them mimicking like Japanese language or anything like that. They've actually come up with lyrics, translated them into Japanese, come and given them a tune. He was, he was putting on an Asian accent, though. <laughs> it was that, yes. But, uh, but uh, I, it's... That's what happens in, is it Kaiju? Is that how you pronounce it? Kaiju? Kaiju. Kaiju, yes. yes. Uh, in the, the, like the Mothman and the Godzilla films and all that, they have their own songs and that's why he wrote them in Japanese. So, they act, apparently they didn't sing it co- quite correctly so it doesn't translate quite right. But No, but uh, essentially the lyrics are like, Barbara, you're a bitch yeah. or something like that. And I think when uh, Sidney Poitier shows up as um, sort of like Gamera, the, guy, the giant turtle or... Or it might be Robert Smith. Robert Smith's something like, man. He, yeah, here comes a tulip, which is apparently what Japanese kids say when they when they fart. No, that was um that was Mecca Molten. Oh, okay. there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on, yeah. and they've thrown a whole bunch in there. So it's like they weren't just yeah they were being silly, but they put a lot of effort into being silly, which I really appreciate. The only thing I got here was at the end I was like, anyone born in the last twenty years will be going who 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 and who. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It wasn't exactly built to last, this episode. Not really, no. But sometimes episodes like that uh, can, can be a fun time capsule as well. It's like- It aired in 98, and how are they supposed to know they're going to still be on the air 25 years later? That's precisely right, yeah. yeah. And one other thing I liked is it's a line that I've sort of incorporated into my everyday speech. Not every day, but every once in a while. I'll say- Dude, this is pretty fucked up right here. <laughs> so, and I think this might be the first time they've said it on the show. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm surprised that I don't remember South Park at this early stage having. Swe- I thought the movie was the first time you heard swearing. It was probably beeped out on the uh, on the TV well, on the original versions. airing. Okay, you yeah, probably yeah. and you could probably hear it on the DVDs or or home video or whatever. Because the, the uh, early episodes though, we've had swearing and it was beeped out. And Cartman yeah. gets an animal probe. The first episode they had the censorship with the beep 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 okay. beep beep when he was yelling at the aliens. Remember. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, uh, who knows? Anyway, but that's what I liked. How, yeah. how about you, Dan? I, I was the same. I was the um, the Japanese reporter. I, I just liked how, at first, you think it's just Trey Parker doing a voiceover, but no, they actually have the guy standing there with the microphone singing the songs. <laughs> yeah. All right, trivia for Mecha Streisand. My first question is, 
Barbara mm-hmm. Streisand's alter ego is who when she's wearing the mask? Oh, when she goes to yeah. see the kids and- Hello, I am- uh, Aqua did a song, Doctor. Um, Indiana. Jones. Mrs. Jones. <laughs> so it's Mrs. Jones. Okay. <laughs> I was like, the only- um, the only uh, Aqua song I know is Barbie Girl. Okay. Ah, come on, Barbie. I'm 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 looking at myself as we record this because we're doing a little video here, and I'm looking like that guy from Aqua. <laughs> come you- on, Barbie. Let's go, Barbie. What was his name? I know her name was like Lenny or something. But yeah. yeah I-, I saw them live at this um so pop '90s nostalgia concert from like four years ago. <laughs> they were they were pretty good. They were pretty good. They put on somewhat of a show. They knew what they were doing. They knew who they were. They know that it's a nostalgia act, but they did it well. I've got to give them props from that regard then, yeah, because say what you like about Barbie Girl, it kind of gets stuck in your head. Yeah, and same, it was a double header. It was those guys and it was Venga Boys as the other one. Oh. And they just come out going, boom, 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 boom. boom. And I'm like, I remember this song. This was a banger. (laughs) You're just hanging around with all the uh, stars of the 90s and and 2000s. Yeah, well, that was the same night of Lou Lou Bega, yeah. That was your Lou Bega night. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, my first question to you. Mm. Uh, what are the three items on the hot lunch menu? Ah, damn, I wasn't paying attention. What were they? Salisbury steak? Uh, no, they oh. were actually love chili, cheddar cheese fries, and a hot fudge sundae. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It does, doesn't it? That's I haven't had dinner yet, so I'm very hungry. So any food's going to make me make me feel hungry. I'm sorry. And here I am. I'm eating. I, I just chopped up a potato, uh, covered it with garlic, uh, whatever it is, garlic powder, and some salt and whacked them in the air fryer for 15 minutes. And now I'm eating them in front of Dando just oh, like a monster. Are you actually eating them? Are they delicious? They're not bad. Okay. I could, they, could have, they could have stayed in a little longer, but I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> My next question is, what is the best album ever? Uh, Disintegration. Correct. Cure. What year was it released? That's a question that I don't know the answer to, it, but I'm going to say 1981. No, you, were, you would have been 20. So 1989. Hmm. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was 1989. Let me just double check that. I'm sure it was like the, the last one of the 80s for it. Hang on. The Cure was released in 1989. Yes. Well done, you. Uh, Barbara Streisand has a condo in the mountains that is worth how much? That was $4 million. $4 million. Yes. Well done, you. My final question is, which Cure song was being played on the lute as Robert Smith walked off into the sunset? Oh, Oh, that's a really good question, to which I do not have the it's answer. It's what you you might say to Love and Louise after a few drinks. Oh, let's go to, let's go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even a few drinks necessary. <laughs> uh, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. What is the name of Barbara Streisand's assistant? Oh, that's another good question. I didn't even pick up on that. What was it? Okay. Well, what's uh, a nice chocolatey substance you could add to your milk? Well, I'm just thinking of the Simpsons. You add chocolate to milk. Uh, so powder, like powder? <laughs> chocolate powder? Chocolate sauce? It's it's an Australian one. Cho- oh, Milo. Milo. Oh, there we go. Okay. I haven't had Milo for so long. I used to live off the stuff. But are you a cold Milo or a hot Milo man? I'm a cold Milo man. Yeah, same. I love when it gets yeah. all caked up on top. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a meal and a drink yeah. because you'd, <laughs> you'd you know, Spoon it off the top, get the nice crunchy bit going on. Then it's like, and now I've got a nice chocolatey drink. I remember Nanny used to make me a Milo, but she knew I didn't like it too hot, so she'd make it like lukewarm. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> Nan, Nan sounds like a winner. Did Did you ever have the Milo bar? I 
did, I think, actually. Yeah, it was yeah, very short, Milo, wasn't it? The Milo chocolate bar. It yeah. wasn't, yeah. It, it was kind of, like a Kit Kat, kind of like a Kit Kat, Kit Kat, wasn't it? That kind of texture? Almost like a um, a tougher aero bar. Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Mm. Yeah, well, Milo is delicious. All for Milo. Mm. All right, well, I believe that's trivia for Mecca Streisand. <laughs> that is indeed, and a, <laughs> uh, and a nice advertisement for our friends at Milo. Get in touch. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our full in-depth review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. All right, guys, before we get into our review of Mecha Strides, we've just got a few Patreon shout-outs for our $20 patrons. We love you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Andrew Zer, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Steam Dan Champion, Dylan Haggett, Christopher Darby, Timothy Burleson, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint, a podcast, community podcast, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Daniel Kotnick, Katie G., Jenna Rice, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Stephen Roberts, George McMenemy, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Mark Boston Burgess, Tom Pickering, Declan Phoenix, and Grand Skipper Noah. Thank you guys for your ongoing support here on our Four Figure Discount Patreon page. What a lineup of heroes. Absolute heroes. They certainly had themselves a time because they got access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including That's early true. access to this show, early access to Talking Seinfeld, early access to the one of our friends, as well as access to Tales of Futurama. Oh, yeah. That's and right. early access to Four Finger Disc and all the other extra pod- bonus podcasts we do on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. But nothing mm-hmm. about that. It's time to get into Mecha Streisand, an episode that originally aired February 18th, 1998. Guest starred Robert Smith as himself. It was directed by Trey Parker and written by Trey, Matt, and Philip Stark. All right, Mr. Davis. Mm. So, how does this episode kick off? This begins at Site B. Mm. Kids are out uh, on a, uh, a geological, uh, yes, an archaeological dig, you might say, looking for, what are they looking for, Dendo? Arrowheads. Not dinosaurs, arrowheads. <laughs> uh, Mr. Garrison is annoyed that the kids are being too noisy because he's trying to have a sleep. I always imagine the teachers, uh, when we used to be on excursion, the teachers would be like, all right, guys, you go now, I'll, I'll wait for you at the bus. I'm like, are they going to just go sit on the bus? <laughs> are they going to watch a movie? What are they doing when, when they spend time? Are going for a nap? Yeah. Yeah, probably just going to duck around the other side of the bus, smoke a cigarette, mm. you know, read the papers, maybe go down and have a country at the pub or something. Who knows? I remember the first time I saw a teacher smoking, I was like, oh, that's right. They're, they're like, they're proper grown-ups. They're, they're badasses. I was like, whoa. I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, the, the school that I went to, and this was back in the 80s, mm. went in to you know, take a leak in, the, in one of the bathrooms one day and uh, the teacher was there at the urinal with a cigarette hanging out of his <laughs> mouth. I'm like... What a lord. <laughs> <laughs> Did he offer you one? No, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but the guys, the, the, the tour, oh, not the tour guy, what would you say? The archaeologist says to them, would ask them a question basically, and they go, isn't it your job to tell us things? Yeah, no, I'm just saying, yeah. well, you're learning things. And this is where Cartman starts singing the slave song. And then he steals Pip's arrowhead. Day is never finished. Master got me working. Someday master set me free. Dude, shut up, Cartman. No, I found it. Oh, I do believe I found it first. No, I did, Pip. Oh, dear. 
Well, I guess we'll have to Rochambeau for it. What do you mean? Well, first I kick you in the nuts as hard as I can, then you kick me in the nuts as hard as you can, and we keep going back and forth until somebody falls. The last one standing gets the arrowhead. Oh, my, well, I suppose if I must. Okay, ready? I'll go first. Okay, you can have this stupid airhead. I don't want it. Day is never finished. Master got me working. He's not a very nice person at all, is he, Mr. Cartman? He is absolutely terrible. And, of course, he became the breakout star of the show. Yeah, of, of course he does, yes. He challenges Pip to, so, so, to row. was it? Ro- Ro- Rochambeau. Rochambeau, yes. We, he kick each other in the nuts, and whoever falls to the ground first loses. Of course, the first person that gets kicked in the nuts usually falls to the ground first. So Cartman always goes first. Kicks Pip in the square in the balls and takes his arrowhead. But then he says, no, I don't want it anyway. Gives it to him. Throws it away. <laughs> but then we, he, well, first he notices the drawings on it and he and it lights up. But then Kyle claims it because he throws it away. He's, he's not interested in it. I like how Cartman went straight away when, Car- when Kyle says it's mine now. Anthropologist! <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that as you're saying at the start, kids, for example, Elliot, right? He can mm. be sitting there doing nothing. You'll have 60 dinosaurs sprawled across the floor. Holly will walk over and pick up one. All of a sudden, he wants that one. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, one, the thing that you want is the one thing that you can't have or the thing that it's someone else has got. It is so bizarre. I mean, it, Michael Jackson was onto something with um, I Want You Back, wasn't he? <laughs> I thought you <laughs> But you better say he's onto something with oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, he was very correct with that. We think at the news report, and they're still going with the random news reporter, quadriplegic Swiss man on a pony. <laughs> I, like, uh, I did love his report. <laughs> that the man holding the, the microphone. <laughs> oh yeah, but and they'll donate to science eh, a little later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the kids. I was like, dude. He was like, dude. And Cartman just talks about kicking Kyle in the balls. Those are some cute kids, except for that last one. He's a little tubby. <laughs> in the 90s, it was still okay to call kids fat. But fat shaming was still a thing in the 90s. Still is now. Yeah, I guess it is now, to an extent. But <laughs> uh, but if you, if you make fun of someone's no, weight now, no, you yeah. get cancelled, right? You do, and look, justifiably so. <laughs> it's not cool to be calling people names. It's, it's, is it okay to acknowledge that someone is fat without making fun of them. For example, my 600-pound life. They got themselves to that point. Oh, yeah. They're, well, like, they're, they're fat. fat. Yes. Is there anything wrong with saying they're fat? I, I think as long as you're not using it as the episode The Simpsons said, in the pejorative sense, um, no, just use it as a scripter by all means, but not as an insult, you no, fat as fuck. A, as a tubby. <laughs> yes. There's something about the word tubby. It's, a, it's the nicest way to call someone fat, a little tubby. If someone called me fat and someone called me tubby, I don't know, what's more offensive, being called fat or being called tubby? Mm, I think it depends on the tone of voice, but tubby does sound a little nicer. Yeah. Um, I like the one, the word our American friends use, husky. Husky, that's a good one. Yeah, hus- <laughs> yeah, husky's a good one, actually. I like that, yeah. But anyway, so Kyle decides to hide the triangle in his bedroom. Cartman wants to try and find it. Then Leonard Moulton. Do you want to explain to the listeners who Leonard Moulton is? Uh, Leonard Moulton is a veteran uh, movie reviewer slash film critic out of the United States. Uh, I encountered him back on Entertainment Tonight back in the day. What a theme song. Incredible theme tune. And he was the in-house movie reviewer there for a while. It was incredible. Before it became a real puff piece show about stars, they're just like us. They actually had like legitimate reviews. And Leonard Moulton would say, 
yeah, this one's no good. Don't go see this. It stinks. <laughs> it, I would have loved it if he'd gone full Jay Sherman, but unfortunately, <laughs> but he gave actual legitimate reviews like, this one's really good. Go check it out. This one, not so great. Two stars from Leonard. Uh, and I think he was best known because he would put out these big, thick paperback books that were just, you know, movie guides. Or the annual review kind of thing. Oh, no. I think he brought out like a revised edition every year or every couple of years or so. But they were big, thick, comprehensive books that just had small, you know, maybe paragraph, two paragraph long reviews yep. of any movie. So, if you want to know what movie to watch from last year, you get the book. Yeah. Or even just on telly that night. Oh, it wasn't just movies. Okay. Yeah. These were very old school. Okay, I mean, yeah. they were just, you know, back in the day when you've got three channels or four channels on the TV and they would show a movie. It's like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, this is on channel nine. Is it any good? Let's ask the Molten. You'd look it up. Da, da, da. Three and a half stars from Leonard. Eh, okay, I'll take a punt on it. And, you know, they had his name and branding all over it. But, yeah, Leonard was and is, because he's still around, the name you can trust Okay. When it, when it came to movie reviews. Unless, of course, the name you can trust is Guy Davis, actually. So, it sounds like, would you say he was an influence on you with your reviewing? Uh, a little bit, but not Huge. Who was the biggest I mean, influence on you when it came to reviewing film? Oh, golly. Well, in, in, in Australia, we had a guy named Ivan Hutchinson. Okay. Uh, he would host the, not the Sunday night movie on Channel 7, but they would have movies like at noon during the weekday. Well, did he, well, did he have like a grey beard? He did. He was a very a bit of a, dap, I bit of a dapper looking jet. I can visualise yeah. it. Yep, yep. And I actually, I think I wrote a review of The Empire Strikes Back when I was like 10. Really? And for what? Because he, he, he was a Channel Seven. Oh, just for myself. Okay. But he worked at Channel Seven as my dad did, and Dad got it to him, and he wrote me a letter back saying this is a very good review. And I'm like, oh, oh Ivan, what a what a, what a legend! And he had this other great show. Sorry, this is turns out track. turns out Bobby just wrote that himself. Oh well, <laughs> still any encouragement is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think it was from Ivan. Yeah. He had this other show called Ivan's Late Night Movie Matinee. On in the early 80s, and it was on like around midnight on a Friday night. And he would show like old episodes of the Flash Gordon cliffhangers. Oh, that's awesome! Like, yeah, the ones that influenced Raids of the Lost Ark yeah, yeah. and Star Wars. And he'd throw a few movie reviews in there and other stuff. For a little movie nerd like me, it was complete fucking catnip. So I it loved like, it, like a variety hour kind of thing. Yeah, but it went for about half an hour or okay, so. Okay, but it was just snippets just, of things and stuff. Yeah, well, whole episodes of these cliffhangers, it yeah. usually went for about 20 minutes yeah, or yeah. so. And he but, would give you a bit of context. Splice say, things in between and whatever, yeah. Yeah. They, they were great. There's one or two episodes of them up on YouTube, and I had a look and was like, oh, yeah, this was great. So, Ivan Hutchinson, yeah, was kind of my early influence slash hero back in That's the awesome. day. Top dude. No longer with us. Rest in peace, uh, Ivan Hutchinson. You were a cool dude, dude. That's cool. I'm going to have to look up those um those clips on YouTube, like you said. <laughs> they've act- And they've also got, like, early ad- um, TV ads from oh, the 1980s. I love that, you love that when well. they let the ads in. That's the best. <laughs> I watched it. I watched in nineteen ninety four. This is how stupid my life is. I watched a nineteen ninety four episode of Sale of the Century the other day. And it had all the commercials in there as well. I was just like, oh man, this is just my childhood to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look up and see if I can find that episode of Sale of the Century that I'm in. Yeah, see if that's, that's on YouTube. That's probably what I was looking for. Maybe I can't remember why I was looking up nineteen ninety four Sale of the Century. <laughs> yeah, mine was in nineteen ninety one. Ninety one. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, if you find it, you have to show it. Ah! <laughs> anyway, back to Mackie Streisand. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Leonard Moulton. He approaches Chef at school and he explains that, you know, if Barbara Streisand gets her hands on that triangle, 
it's, shit's going to go down. It's very important that we find her, find the triangle before Barbara Streisand does. Excuse me, sir. Can I help? Hey, you are that movie critic guy on TV. Leonard Martin, yes. Well, I'll be a teenage girl backstage at an Aerosmith concert. Leonard Martin in my cafeteria. I'm Chef. I know who you are. You must listen to me, Chef. We have precious little time. Have you seen Barbara Streisand recently? Barbara Streisand? You mean like THE Barbara Streisand? Have you seen her? No. Not since Yento. Thank God. Then I'm not too late. Too late for what? Chef, it is of the utmost importance that you tell me where those little boys from the news report on TV are. Why do you care? The kids are then making a snowman at the bus stop and a helicopter arrives, which Cartman confuses for an alien. He's got a very <laughs> big fear of aliens now for good reason. Got probed by them. And it's actually... Uh, Barbara Streisand, who is not voiced by Barbara Streisand in this episode. <laughs> but it's a very good Barbara Streisand voice who's ever doing it. Is it? Okay. Well, it was actually voiced by Mary Kay Bergman. Uh, she's a voice artist who done most of the female voices on South Park, and she portrayed Streisand in this. Something else I've taken a note here on, and mm-hmm. for the life of me, I can't remember, so apologies. I've written down here, haha, Stranger Things music 20 years early. Um, I don't know. Do they have a bit of like a synthesizer thing, or maybe when sh- I can't? Maybe I think he- I think when the helicopter, when the helicopter comes something. down, maybe possibly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she she sings and they absolutely hate it. What was her singing <laughs> like? Because a lot of people hang shit. It seems to me from when I my my experience of growing up and hearing about Barbara Streisand, it's like you either were an obsessed fan or you just did not like her at all. Is that pretty much how it went down? Or my impression of this is that. I think a lot of people recognise, oh, she's got a lovely, distinctive voice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, oh, I mean, it, it's, it's got personality and she, yeah, she's a really good storyteller, really, yeah, really good at phrasing. Yeah, and, and lovely technically as well. But the thing of it was, I think she, she may well have been a bit of a bitch. Well, that's why they, that's why they portrayed her so bad in this episode because they did not like her, yeah. No, no. Trey, I think Trey and Matt didn't like her for their own reasons, but also took the... The urban legends and the and, and the stories about her, and just ran with them. Ah, aliens! Who is the boy I saw on the news report tonight? Hello there, little boy. Do you know who I am? No. Oh, I bet you do. I'm going ah, where there's lucky clovers yeah, in the- Yeah, sucks, dude. I'm Barbara Streisand. So? So? Well, so I'm a very famous and very important individual. Like John Elway important? What? Do you know John Elway? No. Oh, so you're really famous and important, but you don't know John Elway. <laughs> Look- Little boy, I understand that you found a neat little triangle near here. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? No, I found it. He stole it. You threw it away, Cartman. I'm not talking to him because he's a dirty thief. Little boy, does the triangle have a symbol of two snakes joined at the middle? Yeah, how'd you know? Okay, now this is very important. Where is the Triangle of Zinthar now? Triangle of Zinthar? What do you want to know, lady? I'm not talking to you, you piss-out little hick! Whoa, dude! Where is the Triangle, damn it? What seems to be the problemo here? Problemo? There's no problemo, officer. I was just introducing myself to these charming little boys. Uh-uh, she's being a total bitch. Boys, shouldn't you be in school? It's Saturday. No excuses! Move along, you little troublemakers! Well? Well what? You know who I am, don't you? 
Well, you ain't Fiona Apple, and if you ain't Fiona Apple, I don't give a rat's ass. Ah! Oh, what a bitch. Chef then arrives, I think it's at Kyle's house, because they're looking for the triangle with Leonard. Mm. And he says the boys are in grave danger if they uh, if Barbara gets their hands on that triangle. Where where, where would you go if you were uh, if you're Barbara? Looks over at the rhinoplasty. <laughs> <laughs> then they decide. So, well, so cruel. Chef says he's got a four million dollar condo in the mountains. Maybe we should go check up up there. We cut to the mountain. Uh, cut to the mountains to the mansion. And Barbara's there with Milo, as you said the earlier. Yes. And she reveals the dawn of Zinthar is close. We then come back from commercial, and Cartman is breaking into Kyle's room. But Ike gives him away. And in the end, it was just like, Kyle goes, you know what? If you fucking want it that much, just take it. And I expected Cartman to go, well, I don't want it now. But now he's like, eh, I've got the triangle. <laughs> Sings on his way out. He's like, I'm like, this kid's a shithead. <laughs> Have you ever been that desperate for something, though, that you've gone to sort of like extreme? Not to breaking into someone's place. I honestly, so I had an excellent neighbor that I didn't like. And he had the Power Ranger toy that I liked. And he left it in his sandpit in the backyard. And I remember I looked. I jumped that back fence. I grabbed that blue Power Ranger, got back into my backyard, and I had to play with it. And I went, oh, now I feel bad. I threw it back over the fence again. But like, <laughs> I got to play with it at least. <laughs> For that brief moment, I was a thief. <laughs> <laughs> I never went that far, but I'm, re- I'm recalling. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I've ever told the, told the story on, the, on one of the shows before. I may have. This is back when I was maybe seven or so years old. And this was a time when, you know, kids could go out and run wild and free. Uh, there was... Not a, not a comic book, but like an actual book of Hulk comics. Okay. You know, like an annual, like a little yeah, yeah, hardback yeah, book. Yeah, they have a lot of them, yep. Volume, yeah. Right, yep. And it was at the supermarket at the corner of Shannon Avenue and Aberdeen Street. And I guess it was maybe a kilometre from where I was living at the time, from my house at Reed Street. And I remember seeing it at... Um, you know, when I was shopping with mum or whatever, I think, oh my God, I really need this. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Couldn't get it at the time. I went ho- and that late, we went home. Uh, I look, I'd look through all my pocket money and found, I think I've got enough money to get the hook book. And of course, mum had other things to do. She wasn't going to drive me down. I walked like the kilometre da- down to the supermarket. Which is to a get long it. way when you're a kid. <laughs> Which is a long way when you're a little, a little tacker <laughs> and then walked home. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I, I remember. So I really wanted, I think I've explained this on the podcast before. I really wanted a Disney Adventures book, the little magazine, the Disney Adventures one. And mum said no. So I slipped into the TV guide. But then when the stupid chick at the checkout scanned the TV oh. guide, it fell out. No! <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the first times I remember disappointing my mum. She was very sad. Oh, the, the perfect crime foil for the show. Yeah. Man, when that, when that Disney. Disney Adventures magazine fell out. I thought my life was over. <laughs> but uh, Chef and Leonard are now on their way to the mansion. And the background here was actual footage of Colorado that one of right. Parker and uh, Stone's friends filmed for them. They included it in the, um, in the episode because they didn't know how to animate traveling like, uh, background oh, yeah. uh, footage yet. Like a process shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you sure Barbara Streisand has a condo up here? It was just a rumor. A lot of big celebrities have mountain condos. Then we've got to keep looking. All right, little Martin, this has gone far enough. I ain't driving another mile till you tell me what this is all about. Haven't you ever been curious about the insanity Barbara Streisand exhibits? Well, I always heard she was kind of a bitch, but- More than a bitch, Chef. She's a calculating, self-centered, egotistical bitch. She was born in a small town. Her mother was a jackal, and her father was an insurance salesman. Ooh, insurance salesman? When she was five, she knew that she wanted to be a famous singer. But by the time she was six, her ambitions became to rule the universe. She learned of an ancient diamond, the Diamond of Pantheos. Okay, 
You know what? Never mind. I don't need to know all this. Forget I asked. Before she was seven, the keepers of Pantheus learned of this insane little girl's wish. The diamond was split up and buried at opposite ends of the world. But then, during the shooting of My Fair Lady, Barbara Streisand found one of the triangles. And the other triangle is the one that little Kyle has? Yes, Mr. Schiff. If Babs gets a hold of that other triangle, she will fulfill her prophecy and become the most threatening thing ever known to mankind. Mecha Streisand. Mega Streisand? Oh man, I don't know what the hell that means, but it doesn't sound good. Streisand then approaches the boys again, this time wearing one of those silly masks that you get from the gag shop, and she calls herself Mrs. Jones, and she explains, it's part of my kitty dialysis machine, children, I, I need it in order to live. Cartman's like, nah, but I need it, I'll die, I'll Rochambeau you for it. For it. <laughs> <laughs> but she just, what's she, I think she calls them little piss ants or something like that, she's just yeah, oh, a yeah. horrible person, horrible, horrible person. And she says, no, no, and then she offers them money and to come to her condo, to come, come to my condo and you come claim the money. Are you sure we're supposed to be going with strangers? Of course, again, we're allowed to when there's money involved. Involved, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Sidney Poitier. What's he most famous for, Mr. Davis? Oh, the late Sidney Poitier. He passed away not long ago uh, at the age of 90-something. Groundbreaking uh, black actor in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he was the first black actor to win an Academy Award, but wow. um, he was certainly uh, quite pivotal in the 60s and 70s. One of his best moments was in a, a crime movie called In the Heat of the Night, where he plays a big city cop who goes to a small town in the uh, racist south to solve a murder. And everyone's used to you know treating black people like that at this place. And uh, this big man in town sort of slaps Sidney Poitier across the face after Sidney Poitier sort of talks talks up to him or mm. talks down to him or whatever. And Poitier just slaps him right back across the face. Apparently, everyone in, yeah, all these audiences in America were like, <gasps> except, all, <laughs> except all the black audiences like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What film was that? Yeah. In the Heat of the Night? In the Heat of the Night. Okay. Called. Yeah. yeah. Like and um, he was also in this movie called Guess, Who Come- Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. where Did this, he put things uh, in his ass? <laughs> he, I'll never put another forward object up my ass. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, he was- the fiance of this white woman who her parents were Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. They're like, oh, we're very liberal and forward thinking. Wait a minute. Who are you bring to dinner? A black guy. You're marrying him. And discussion ensued. Okay. So, yeah, City Poitier, top notch actor in a bunch of good movies. Um, check out Sneakers. That's a really good one okay. with Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd. And also, never put a foreign object up his ass. No, who was he filming it with? You Sally Struthers, apparently. It certainly was, yes. She gets another appearance here. Doesn't, I don't think she has a speaking role. She's just no. there. <laughs> just not very nice to the guest stars much, are they, on this show? The female ones, anyway. <laughs> I think it's a combination of let's poke at these sacred cows a little bit uh, and also no, we're the new kids on the block, you know. <laughs> we're, we're, you know we're not scared of anybody. <laughs> yeah, we're, that's yeah, exactly right. We're not scared of anybody. Uh, the, the two. What's the deal with the two little ladies in the clam? Tell me about the- the triangle, how the boys found the triangle. Mm, that I'm not 100% he goes, sure. He goes to his dressing room and they're like, the boys have found the triangle. And he's like, I must oh, go. It's all, all part of this mystical nonsense. Yeah, yeah they've, yeah. they've come up with a whole bunch, a whole convoluted mysticism, whatnot about this, uh, about the um, you know triangle of Zinthar and the symbol of Krulak. I think it's Matt and Trey sort of 
Circle jerking. <laughs> yes, I was about to say circle jerking. <laughs> uh, Trying to find a better way to say it, but no, you you nailed it. Streisand has the boys captive uh, or chained to the wall, starts torturing Cartman, trying to get the info on where the other triangle is. She starts singing to him and they're like, please, God, stop it. <laughs> then Chef and Leonard, they can't find the mansion, so they go to Plan B and Plan B is calling the singer of the cure. Mr. Robert Smith. Mr. Robert Smith, yes. But then all of a sudden he starts feeling the pain. It's like he gets his, the spidey senses. She's close. She's close. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Streisand, then she's still singing. When we come back to, to her torture room, Cartman eventually gives up and says it's in his shoe. And she finally turns, get, gets the two triangles and forms the diamond of Pantios. It's all complete now. Then she speaks a Japanese verse and turns into Mecha Streisand. Streisand. And this is where the episode <laughs> just becomes a big spoof on kaiju films. Kaiju movies. Yeah. Have you ever watched any of the original ones, like the original Japanese no, Godzilla or no. Mothra or Destroy All Monsters? I've got a bunch of them here, and I keep meaning to sort of watch a few, you know, have a little marathon, something like that. I feel like, like they'll be all the same, but that's just, just what I would – I'm assuming that. I'm not saying it, they are. I think they kind of might be. Yeah, but, but, but if they're your thing, I guess you want the same. That, you're right. that, is, that is true. You could say the same about, like, the MCU or something yep. like that. But we come back, and it's the news report now talking about how – after all the recent things that have happened in, in South Park, the town has finally rebuilt itself and then Mega Streisand rocks, rocks up and starts messing <laughs> shit up. The mayor says it's time to call the National Guard and to think I actually watched your HBO special. Was that a big thing, a HBO special with Barbara Streisand? HBO wasn't really huge in Australia quite yet at that point, was it? No. I think it was just starting. I mean, you know, not, 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 not just starting. It had been around for ages. Well, it was like Sex and the City and Sopranos were the two first big dogs, weren't they? Yeah, that and Six Feet Under, I think. I think Six Feet Under was um, a little bit later. I know that um, The Wire was on HBO, wasn't it? That's true. Yeah, for a while there, and to some degree still. But, yeah, when you thought of, like, prestige TV, it was like, ooh. Yeah, shows, show, shows that are, like, movie-quality television. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but prior to that, I think they would have, you know, standard comedians would do specials or singers would do specials. Well, you know, this one's pretty good because you have to pay for it with your pay TV as opposed to just being on Channel 9 or Remember whatever. Remember when they used to have concerts on main event? <laughs> you to, like, <laughs> it's like, you, you didn't get a ticket to the show? We can still pay $50 and watch it on your television. What? <laughs> <laughs> I remember during, I think it was the Simpsons Fan Fest in 2000 when the Sydney Olympics were on, they played 24-hour Simpsons for two straight weeks. Okay. They, and they played the same commercials nearly every ad break. I remember there was a commercial for um, a Kiss concert that was coming up. <laughs> I just remember thinking... What the fuck would you pay $50 for a kid's concert to watch on television? But back then, people did it. Then Chef and Leonard, they break into the torture room and they break the kids free. They, or Leonard uses his laser and says it's time to call Robert Smith of The Cure. Hello? Uh, yes. Is this Robert Smith of The Cure? Yes, it is. This may sound kind of strange, but Leonard Martin asked me to call you. Uh, so Barbara Streisand's found the other triangle, eh? It's pretty funny the way Robert Smith underplays it. It's just kind of... Oh, she got the triangle, does she? Well, you know what it is? They got him to read the lines, and they just used the first reading of every line. That's right, yeah. yeah. He, did, he did over the phone, didn't he? Yeah, no. yeah, just over the phone. Didn't ask him to redo it. It's like, whatever he says, that's, that's what we're putting in the episode. And that, <laughs> that's the kind of ballsy attitude they took to the show, wasn't it? It was like, whatever comes yeah. out, we're going to fucking use it. Sue us. Yeah. yeah, and it, it worked out well. It does. I mean, if he'd, if he'd acted, it would have been worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It fit, it fit his character, for sure. Mm. The National Guard and Jim and Ned try shooting down Streisand. I felt sorry for Ned. I'm scared. I'm like, oh, poor Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's mum then fangirls out and she gives her the autograph. Of course. Of yeah. course, um, <laughs> Kyle's mum would love Babs. Exactly. <laughs> then the ultra-Leonard Moulton arrives- 
to uh, to help take out take down Mecca Streisand. Kenny kills himself by accident on the tether ball. Yep. Tether ball, that's what they called, right? Tether ball. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then Sydney put po- t ball. T ball. Actually, no. T ball is where you hit the ball off the tee. Yeah. T ball is where you hit the ball. Off yeah. Tea. Disregard what I just said. <laughs> Sydney then arrives as well. We get Mecca Poitier. Poitier is that how you say it? Poitier. Poitier. Yes. Mecca Poitier. 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 <laughs> it was very funny. That vote was very funny. What's going on here? Sydney Poitier. That's right. I'm Sydney Poitier. Damn, man. It's nice to meet you. The Sydney Poitier in my hometown. Baba Streisand has found the Triangle of Zinthar? Yep. She's made the Diamond of Pathios all right. Kolo Kolotsky! Mega Poitier, Mega Poitier, Mega Mega Is that really necessary? Uh, Chef then says, oh, I don't know, kids, I think it's time to give up. Mecha Streisand's too powerful. Time to say goodbye to, uh, to South Park. And then Robert Smith turns up, turns into Mothman and messes shit up. Goes for the weak point, which is, of course, the nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, di- the diamond of Pantros falls out of her nose. They defeat Mecha Streisand, takes her from the sky. She explodes into a million pieces. You are the greatest person that ever lived. Our saviour. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jesus, saviour. <laughs> Can I have my walkie-talkie back now, please? No way! You gave it to us! It's mine now! All right, I'll Rochambeau you for it. Ready? <laughs> hey, where's he going? Goodbye, Robert Smith. Thank you for your help. Visit us again. Disintegration is the best album ever! The kids then decide to throw the triangles out because they bring nothing but danger to the town. They once again fight over the walkie-talkies, who they belong to. Similar, just sort of, this episode's gone full circle. Pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's a very polite way of putting it, Dan. Yeah. The Kyle- Gone it. Gone it. You could say it's gone full circle, or you just say went didn't in go, Didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle learned a few things this episode. The people who want power end up dead, Then uh, and that Robert Smith kicks ass, and then we get Mecha Ike, and that's the end. It felt very rushed, the end. I was like, ah, it felt like- it was missing something. It wasn't a punchline. It wasn't funny. It was just mega Ike, oh my God. And then it was over. I was like, ah. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the cycle of destruction continues or something. It's like, eh, yeah, I guess. Mm. But this didn't really feel so much like a story. It was just, hmm. A chance to hang shit on Barbara Streisand. Chance to hang shit on Barbara Streisand. How can we do that in, you know, a semi-fun and imaginative way Yeah, by turning her into, you know, Mecha Streisand? Yeah. And- I just, I don't know. It was definitely the weakest of the episodes we've done so far. I, I think so. Yeah. It just, it just felt directionless at times. I didn't hate it, but yeah, it just felt, it felt very slight. Yeah. You know, like a, like a strong breeze would just blow it right over. But guess what? What's that? That's okay. We've got Mega Streisand out of the way. And now guess what's next? Tell me. Cartman's mum is a dirty slut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all been building up to this. Well, not yes. all of it, but um, we're very happy that that is coming next. Looking very much looking forward to talking about that one. Yes. Fina- the finale of season one is the next episode of Going Down to South Park. Cartman's mum's a dirty slut. I've told the story. <laughs> this was the reason I, got, I was not allowed to watch South Park anymore because I, I'll say it once, once more here. Driving home from the beach. Remember, it was a Monday night. We used to air at 9.30. We're driving home. It's daylight savings. I said, Mum, we've got to race home now. We've got to race home now. Why? I don't want to miss the start of Cartman's mum's a dirty slut. 
<laughs> that was the end of my chance to watch South Park for a while. No. <laughs> never, never tell your parents what you're watching. But I will be watching it and reviewing it in the next episode of Going Down to South Park. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, send us some questions in the South Park Mailbag. Southparkmailbag at gmail.com. Southparkmailbag at gmail.com. If you do have a question or a message for Guy and myself. Next week, Mr. Davis, Cartman's mum, or next episode is Cartman's mum's a dirty slut. This has been Mecca Streisand. Any final words for those incredible listeners out there? I'll always put a foreign object up my ass.